episode five. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode five of Talking Through Traffic. I am your host, Kevin Schofield. Before we get on with today's special election episode, we will uh, first talk about our sponsor for this week. Uh, now, last week, our sponsor was Dunder Mifflin Paper, and uh, although I, th- I think it went well, um, the numbers and all the paperwork seemed like it, it went well, um, they are no longer going to be a sponsor. Uh, and really, it's I, d- I don't want to get too into it, but I was communicating with uh, one of their sales representative, uh, over there at their Scranton branch. And, uh, I was telling him about how well it went and, and, uh, I don't know, something about him rubbed me the wrong way. He kept, uh, he kept making references to manure and, and beets and I don't know. And then he kept trying to sell me, you know, to, 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 take a vacation at his bed and breakfast on some beet farm. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, he he was really weird, really strange. And, um, I don't know. He just, uh, the, the three words I would describe him as are aggressive, hostile, and, and, you know, uh, very difficult. Uh, so without further ado, I do have a new sponsor for this week. Uh, so this week's sponsor is for, uh, mainly the men in the audience. Men, are you going out trying to find that special someone and you just want to make sure everything goes right? You put on your, your best clothes, you take a shower, you do your hair in the perfect way and then you reach for the piece de resistance, your cologne, your musk. Well, here's the cologne, the only cologne you will ever need to treat that special someone to a good night. And a good morning as well, if you get what I'm saying. Sex Panther by Odeon. It's made from bits of real panther. So, you know, it's good. 60% of the time, it works every time. They've been around since the 60, since the 70s. So, that clearly means that they're very good. Sex Panther by Odeon. Check them out now. And now, on with the show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this week's special election coverage. Uh, well, not coverage, election episode. Um, today's will be a little short, um, but uh, I just kind of wanted to put something out there. I'm recording this uh, Tuesday night, uh, election night. Um, polls just closed in California um, about 16 minutes ago, and... Uh, So I don't know the current results of California, but uh, uh, the big news right now is the Democrats have taken the uh, House of Representatives. The Republicans have held on to uh, the Senate, and Ted Cruz, who no one likes, for some reason was Uh, (laughs) reelected. Won't go into that. Anyway, um, so... 
some big some big things I just want to call out. First of all, uh, the first uh, Palestinian pal, uh, excuse me Palestinian American was elected to Congress. Uh, I forget her name, but she's a female uh, uh, candidate, and she was elected, I believe, in Minnesota. It might be Minnesota or Michigan. Uh, and uh, the first openly gay candidate for a uh, gubernatorial candidate won in Colorado. Uh, so some, um, some big news. Um, the one I'm looking forward to in California is see if we're... <laughs> uh, going to talk about getting rid of daylight savings time. I believe it's Prop 7 in California. Uh, just so everyone's clear, if you voted, hopefully you voted, if you're listening to this, um, Prop 7, if, if you didn't do the research, you just looked at what the what it was called. Um, it doesn't... It, it's not to get it... The voting for, for it, if it passes, if it's revealed that it is that it has passed, then it doesn't mean that it's going to happen immediately. Uh, it's just kind of like a, let's introduce this on the floor of the, of the Senate and the Assembly in California, and let's talk about it. Let's get the logistics out there, and that, which is why I voted for it. I think it's a good idea. Uh, a lot of people say it's not a good idea, but I, I think it's, I, I honestly think it's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it just, it tickles me <laughs> of, uh, it's one of those things that you, every once in a while you get to vote on something that is, uh, like it's important. I mean, you, everything you vote on is important, but I mean, this compared to proposition eight, which is all about in California, which is all about dialysis clinics. It, <laughs> you know, it's like apples and hand grenades. One, one is serious and the other's actually serious um and so every anytime there's one of those on the ballot i I like to talk about those more uh because you tend to have more fun talking politics about that than you do about dialysis clinics and or uh you know basic like oh you voted for them oh geez oh you're one of those or you know um but I I know I'm releasing this the day after the election, and I kind of just want to, from a mental health perspective, um, you know, le- the last couple of years have been very strange. Uh, 2016 was the last time we voted uh, for president in a big election. Um, and, you know, that, I remember the night, the day after it was tr- the election, and it settled in that Trump was going to be the president. You know, I'm friends with... Most of my friends are liberals. Um, And by most, I mean maybe... Maybe 75%. Um, But I have still a good chance of... A chunk of like 25% who... And I I wouldn't even say 25%. Maybe 20% 20 who are Republicans. But even they were like upset the Trump one. And then at about 5% who either don't talk politics, uh, didn't vote or, uh, or like Trump, uh, or talk highly of Trump without actually ever saying that they like Trump because they know if they say I like Trump, then, you know, it could ostracize you. Um, 
unfairly, I will say, because if I, I can talk to a Trump supporter, uh, I can a, a certain Trump supporter. Obviously, if they have a Nazi thing around their arm, I'm not going to talk to them, and I can't talk to them. Um, but if they're just someone who just kind of buys into what he's he's putting out there, I can talk to them. I can't talk to Trump. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that I like to kind of get out there. Of, um, let's talk to each other. You know, let's, I mean, that's not the point of this episode really. Um, but you know, let the candidates be the candidates, but let, let us still be human beings, um, and talk to each other. Uh, that cause Congress is never going to actually talk to each other. I think we're far removed from, if, if it ever was a thing of politicians actually talking and discussing things in an adult fashion and listening to one another and coming to a consensus or, you know, God forbid, willing to change their mind about something. That's also a weird thing that's happening in this country where, you know, you can't change your mind about something. Uh, you know, you're a flip-flopper and that's a bad thing. But, you know, we change our minds all the time. Anyway, um... The main, the main point of this episode is really not even to talk about politics, but about the reality of we, we all do this in every election. You know, we get our hopes up that maybe things are going to change, that maybe, or conversely, if you're more of a negative person uh, or more of a pessimistic person, you get the hope up of... Maybe things won't be as bad as they are. Maybe things won't get worse. Um, and sometimes it, you know, the person or people or ballots that you wanted to to get past or to to win didn't. And it seems like everything you wanted for this country is not happening. Uh, that can make you feel very defeated and powerless, really. Because you did the thing that you're supposed to do. You voted. You made your voice heard. And when you lose, it's kind of like, I made my voice heard, and it didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, I made my voice heard, and a whole bunch of other voices said, no. And that's very defeating. And it can sometimes make you feel like, what power do I have, really? And I just want to let everyone know, you know, in 2016, 2016 is when I got married, um, and it was my first year being married, and that was also the year that Trump won, and, you know, I started a new job in 2016, or, oh wait, was it 2016? No, it was 2017. Yeah. But I, I shifted my career in 2016, to go towards psychology and mental health. And then a year later, I started my new job at, as a behavioral therapist. You know, it, it was a bad year for a lot of people. And it was a very good year for me, personally. I look back with very fond memories on 2016. And a lot of people look back on 2016... They think, oh, God, that's when Trump won. Uh, or they think, oh, God, yeah, that's when Trump won, uh, depending on where you're, what side you're on. 
Um, and I just want to remind everyone, the way the national politics work out, the way the national economy works out, it should not affect you personally. It will, and it inevitably does, but it doesn't have to mean that your life, that you have no power over how your life, how your world is. You know, you can't, yes, you can't change the laws. You can't change who won. You can, you know, there are things you can do to keep fighting and to keep going. But ultimately, you still have control over your fate. You still have control over your life. You know, that that's part of the beauty of a democracy. Is you still have the choice to make your life as good as it can be. You know, um... Like, I, I <laughs> it, it was a shitty year for a lot of people. But I got married, and I was at a dead-end job that I hated. I found a path. And it didn't pay off that year. But it led me to the job I have now, and I could, I, I'm so happy in my job. I am doing something that I believe in. I am, you know, I'm working as a therapist, and... Hopefully, once my baby's born, I can eventually start working on getting a master's in mental health and and switch as a behavioral therapist into a mental health counselor therapist. Um, You know, I'm going to have a child. And as bad as things seem in 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 our world, you know, with climate change, with radicalism taking hold and and populism just ravaging any sensible conversations about differing points of view and more and more people digging in as if they're preparing for war when it's really just talking diplomacy um the more and more i my life seems to be improving and that i don't i don't i don't know how there's no there's no like i i've there's no secret i've i've no idea what i'm doing i'm just taking the steps that i can do to control my life and live the way I want. If you live in a... And, and to have a good life that I'm happy with. If you live in a place... Where you feel like... Like if you... Like if you're... If you're a Democrat and you live in a, a red area. And you feel like you're surrounded by people who just don't get get it. Or you're a Republican and you live in, a, in an area like that. You can move. And, you know, it's easier said than done, but... Move to a different state. Move to somewhere. Or take it as a positive. Learn. You know, and I, I've i lived in a lot of red areas as a person who's more liberal. And really, uh, you know, one of my, if not my best friend, is a Republican. And, oh my God, we, somehow, we get along. We even talk politics. And it doesn't have yelling conversations. Um, You know, uh, this doesn't have to affect 
whether your life is good or not. And yes, there are some people who this is affecting more than me. I understand that, and I do check my privilege. And But, I mean, hold on. Florida, Florida. I mean, the, they've screwed up so much in politics. But they had a, what I believe to be a victory tonight. They voted to allow voting rights to be returned to nonviolent criminals who have served their term. Meaning, if you committed a nonviolent crime and you served your prison sentence, when you return to the world, you, ha- you can vote again. You know, this doesn't apply to murder or sexual assault or any sex crimes, but... If you were arrested because you got caught with a whole bunch of pot, you go to jail, you serve your time, you serve your sentence, whatever it is, you can vote. Everywhere else in the country, most places in the country, you don't. For life, it's taken away from you. Which I don't believe is fair. You know, you served your... It's like we're telling them, you served your time, you've, you did what you're supposed to do, you're welcome back into our society, but not really. We still kind of don't want you here. And I get it for murder and sexual assault. I do not get it for nonviolent crimes. I don't want to get this uh, into a discussion about just that, but I think that's a positive. And if you don't think that's a positive, and you think this blue wave that's occurring... Although I, I don't really think it's a wave. I don't think it's really big enough to be considered a wave. Um, then, hey, Republicans still in charge. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle and you're like, all of this sucks. The, the reality is we can still have sensible conversations. We can still affect our lives we may not be able to change things on a macro level, but we can on a micro level. We can affect how we talk to each other. We can affect how the conversation is held one-to-one on a you-and-me basis. We can affect what job we have. We can affect the chances we take. We can affect the help that we need and get it or not. You know, ultimately this comes down to you you can't control anyone but yourself. So focus on what you can do. It's a very simple simple concept and it applies to mental health and it and it's a principle that I've tried to live more by focus on what I can control. Focus on what I can control and what is in my realm of ability to affect. And if it falls outside of that, do my best and, and just hope that it all turns out okay. And if it doesn't, I know what I can do. Or I know how to ask for help if I need it. Um... 
I I have to apologize to everyone who's listening. Um, I don't normally talk politics. I don't like to talk politics. Um, on a very like unless I I know you and and all that, and we're talking about something specific. But uh, like I don't go on Facebook usually and talk politics. I don't, you know, unless it's like in a an intimate close situation. I, I really don't like talking politics. Because I'm the first to admit, I don't, I'm not the most informed person. Uh, All I know is, I'm a liberal, and to all my liberal friends, it seems like the country's getting worse and worse, and yet I keep finding ways to make my life better and better. I'm still worried, you know, I have a baby girl coming, and I worry about the world she's going to grow up in. And if she's going to have her rights taken away from her before she's really even able to make her voice heard. I worry about the climate change that's occurring. I worry about how we're not seemingly doing anything about it. I worry about gun control and our seeming willingness to let children die. Every single year, you know, how many massacres at schools and with children are we going to allow to happen every year before we do something about it? I'm not, I'm not even saying what, just something, because clearly staying in the same spot is not doing anything. I worry about all these things, but some of them I can't control and that's okay. I'll vote when I can. I'll protest when I need to. When I need to stand up and be active, I'll be active. But when it's something that I can't control, I will do what I can and then hope for the best. And then I will turn in and I will say, how can I make my life better? What is it that I can change to make it good? And I think that's a very sensible way to live your life. And to not let an election get you depressed. Because it it has happened before. It's been documented. Uh, You know, massive, you know, bouts of depression occur in and around elections. And it makes sense. It really does. Um, But I'm just here, and the point of this whole episode... I went longer than I thought I would, um, is to say the, the ethics and morals and forays of the macro world of what's going on on, in our national and even local politics and how our society as a whole is being formed and your seeming feeling of powerlessness to affect it at any great level does not change the fact that you have incredible power over your own society, your inner society, your inner life. And it can get better for you. You just need to know where to focus your efforts. Um, that'll do it. Uh, I will leave you with a monologue. Um, And it's from, I don't know why I thought about this, but 
It's from Coriolanus by uh, William Shakespeare. Uh, Coriolanus is a Roman general. Basically, the whole plot of the story is he's at a war with uh, this uh, this nation of peoples called uh, the Volsci, and he defeats them. He becomes a, a war hero, and uh, in the middle of the play, he returns home to Rome. They give him the title Coriolanus, uh, which is like an honorary title, a great title that's meant to honor him. And then his mother, who he loves deeply, has this really deep relationship with, encourages him to go into politics uh, because so many people love him. And he's doesn't really want to do it. He's a military man. He doesn't really know politics, but he loves his mother. He wants to do what's, what she believes is right, so he does it. And it seems like at first everything's going well. He has all the support of the people, but there are a couple senators who do not like him, do not like that he's being involved in politics, think he should stay away, and they essentially try to turn things on him. And the screws get turned, and essentially he snaps. Every It seems like everyone's coming at him, and he feels like, I gave my life to save this great city, this great empire of us, of ours, and here you are coming at me, well, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And he basically decides to betray Rome. He finds the Volskis. He teams with them to essentially invade Rome in retaliation. It's only the love of his mom that he decides to stop. And when he does, the general who he defeated, who he is now working with, uh, kills him and he dies. Um... And this speech I'm about to read comes from, essentially, it's the speech he reads right before he leaves. Everyone's kind of getting at him. And there's a great, if you see, Ray Fiennes has a great interpretation of this, a very modern uh, interpretation of it, uh, movie version. Uh, go check it out if you can. Um, Gerard Butler is also in it. It's a really good movie. Uh, and Ray Fiennes finds plays Coriolanus and in this section of the play uh, his character is actually in the movie version is brought on TV and he's like an interview like a live in studio almost town hall kind of CNN type of thing he comes in to talk to the host and answer questions from the audience and they're the two kind of senators who don't like him basically riling up the crowd with questions and things like that to get them on their side against him and it just all get builds and builds and he just feels so frustrated that he can't get a word in edgewise and he it, he, he doesn't know how to talk to them because he, he's not politics aren't his thing and he explodes with this speech uh, criticizing and damning the people who would come at the their protector, the person who saved them only recently uh, from an invading nation that would have torn them apart and the, the nerve that they have. And in this, he not only damns them, but he damns the idea of democracy. He really... He, he really lets it all go and there's so much rage in this and there's a lot of rage in this nation right now 
And uh, sometimes it can be cathartic to just let your anger explode. Maybe not in this way, the way Coriolanus does, because it leads to his death. But maybe in a healthy way. Anyway, so here's Coriolanus. You common cry of curs, whose breath I hate, as reek of the rotten fens, whose loves I prize as the dead carcasses of unburied men that do corrupt my air. I banish you, and here remain with your uncertainty. Let every feeble rumor shake your hearts. Your enemies, with the nodding of their plumes, fan you into despair, have the power still to banish your defenders, till at length your ignorance, which finds not till it feels, making but reservation of yourselves, still your own foes, deliver you as most abated captives to some nation that won you without Blows, despising for you the city thus I turn my back there is a world elsewhere thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening to talking through traffic hope everyone had a good election please no matter what you if you are angry at some of the things I said, if you disagree with them, please remember the point of this episode of this podcast is to talk about healthy is being in a healthy state of mind, and that includes in disagreements. So um, let's be respectful of. Let's always remember, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, political spectrum. Remember, please. Let's be respectful of one another. We are not just our politics. We are so much more than that. Uh, It's just sometimes during an election cycle, sometimes we let ourselves buy into the lie that all we are is our politics. And the fact is, if we were nothing but our political parties, our nation would have broken apart the moment it was founded. And the fact that it is still around today is testament to its people throughout time, no matter how disparate we are, we can find a way to find that human connection between each other. But it all starts with respect. So please, have some respect and do what you can. Have a good day, a good night, and good mental health. Next time on Talking Through Traffic, next episode, very, very special episode, everyone, I will be talking about one of my favorite musicals uh, that deals with mental health and mental illness in a very real way, and it is one of my favorite musicals. Next time on, next, uh, next time on Talking Through Traffic, I talk next to normal.